Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome on the Distraction Pieces Network to the relaunch of Tuesday Night Jaws! <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! I'm out of podcast prison. I wasn't in prison, guys. I wasn't in prison. <laughs> Look, don't do in-jokes. The audience didn't hear. And straight away, wrestling's greatest shambolic podcast has gone back to the roots that it knew best. Um, today, we're going to talk about comedy in wrestling, because uh, there's loads of it in wrestling. I don't think we've ever done a special Tuesday Night Jaw about it before. Our lovely audience here at the Phoenix in London, uh, ahead of uh, Progress at Wembley tomorrow, uh, they're going to contribute loads. I mean, they might not think this, but they fucking are. Uh, they're all essentially unpaid interns when it comes to doing this podcast today. <laughs> the one person who wooed, you are easy to con. Uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to tell him you're a Nigerian prince later on, <laughs> just do it with him. <laughs> so, I need to introduce my two uh, guest hosts today as we talk about comedy and wrestling. Uh, guest host number one, uh, regular co-host... On Tuesday night, George, normally in his front room in Manchester. Uh, my lovely friends, please put your hands together for the wonderful Mr. Chris Brooker! Here he comes. Miss Universe. Um, they are. I mean, what we really need to do here is put. Uh, come on, lean forward. <laughs> Um, yeah, use the mic, this, mate. This would help. Yeah, I mean, professional, you've, only, professional. you've only been doing stand-up for about 15 years, mate. You know, uh, um, 18 well, next year. Is it? My career will be old enough to come for a drink with me. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. I know how much I make from stand-up. It's never my round, pal. <laughs> Hey, Chris, welcome back to the United Kingdom after being in America for three months. Three months, yep. Thanks, Uh, nice to be back. America and your native Canada, of course. Yep, briefly in Vancouver, where everyone's genuinely polite. I thought it was a stereotype, but it's... Who's been to Canada in here, anyone? Got a few of you. Did you 
ever sit in a restaurant and hear two Canadians have a very Canadian conversation and get excited? Because they're literally going, hey, did you see the hockey? Hey? And they genuinely do that as well. It's, it's like something out of South Park. It's, it's glorious. <laughs> All I'd want to happen if I was ever having a conversation in a Canadian restaurant is for a woman in there to go, I farted once on the set of The Blue Lagoon. <laughs> and then a, someone else just to slap her in the face. <laughs> To echo the greatest film ever made, the South Park movie. There, there is something wrong with this chair, and it does seem to want to rotate <laughs> towards you if I took my... No, mate. Up. No, you see that red light you're under? You're a fucking kebab, mate. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, as a ginger... You never man, lose comedy, yeah. lads. You never lose it. Come on. Sorry. Are you, are you, did you just put your hand up, sir? <laughs> I, I mean, I like the fact that we've gone straight from podcast to local council meeting. If anyone has a... It's going, point of order, you know. It takes a lot longer than that to cook a kebab fully, especially if you want those five stars on your hygiene rating. All right, fair enough. There's, um, Thank you, sir. The village I used to live in in Wales had a kebab shop with a zero out of five hygiene rating. The only other place I've ever seen with a zero is uh, Newport AFC on the Isle of Wight, where I once went to watch a reserve football match, um, and they had a zero. And, like, you think, like, in Wales, you legally have to display the hygiene rating. In the Isle of Wight, you don't. (laughs) They'd put it up as if to go, zero's clearly the best, guys. Well... I mean, maybe that was what they did before escape rooms. You know, you just got your mates together and maybe you get out, maybe you don't. (laughs) Now, um, Christopher, as people will be aware, um, uh, as well as being a fine stand-up comedian, you uh, also uh, run and operate Future Shot Wrestling in Manchester. Um, Excellent. Now, this is an important thing to cover. You have bought... Um, you have brought someone from Future Shot down with you today, haven't you? You have brought Ethan. Ethan Allen, who um, is one half of the tag team you're all going to be talking about next year, the Young Guns with Luke Jacobs. Um, and bless his heart, he's very, very northern. Um, <laughs> also, we need to point this out. He's a fucking child. He's, he's, he's nine years old. He's, oh, no, ten. Ten. He just turned ten during this podcast. Where? <laughs> uh, See that? See that's a throwback to the first progress show. <laughs> that's the level of detail you can expect tonight. Yeah. Um, he he. Bless his heart. Where I'm is he? Say Where bless is Ethan? Him a lot. Um, Hi, Ethan. Everyone look at everyone. Turn and point at Ethan. There we go, Ethan. Hey, yeah. Ethan. He um. Ethan had never been on the underground before today. <laughs> don't laugh. Don't laugh. We had to coax him with M and M's onto the metal snake. <laughs> um, He's so northern, he, didn't, he wondered where the lights were coming from and everything. Yeah. He, we haven't had the heart to break it to him how far he's going to have to go to get gravy on his chips. He's, <laughs> he's not ready for this at all. Upstairs. <laughs> what? Right. That, that's poutine. We'll not have this conversation today. It's a very different creature. Um, anyway, Ethan. Um, now, Ethan's been ring crew for Progress and did a, genuinely did a sterling job um, uh, when you were still probably about 15 years old. That's true, isn't it, Ethan? You were ring crew in Manchester, right? And, and you always, really hardworking, done a great job, right? Genuinely like you, Ethan. Doesn't mean, however, um, that we're not going to just verbally abuse you throughout this entire podcast <laughs> in lieu of anyone else that we can take the piss out of. Um, so basically, if ever a joke pops into our head, Ethan, you're getting it. That's how this works. <laughs> Um, because we like you, Ethan, and you will genuinely. I watched, uh, I watched you and your tag team partner in a match uh, a couple of months ago, and you were genuinely great, and you are a star of the future. However, it doesn't mean you get a fucking free pass, dickhead. 
<laughs> so what, what you're seeing, Ethan, is essentially two men in their 40s, bitter, <laughs> aware that whatever good they have in their lives is going to come to an end sooner rather than later. Oh, God, yeah. Um, tomorrow for me. It's all downhill from tomorrow, mate. 8.31. I mean, mate, don't put a fucking time stamp on it. How, uh, how much is 8.31 going to cost you as well? That's... It's about nine I grand. love the fact that you're going to have an earpiece in tomorrow. <laughs> how, who wants to pay 50 quid to get two minutes access to say whatever you want to Jim through that earpiece? I've already said to John as well, <laughs> do not talk while I'm in the earpiece while I'm talking. And I know for well he's just going to be going... <laughs> Throughout the entire Kim, fucking time. Kim, I want to play a game. <laughs> Let's go for a kebab on the Isle of Wight. <laughs> oh, God. Um, anyway, guest number two. Um, oh, here's Beth. Hey, Beth. Is that Beth? Good. Otherwise, it's weird. You didn't acknowledge it enough, so I was like, shit, I hope that's Beth now. Otherwise, this is awkward for everybody. I'll right, be Beth. honest, if, if, if enough people chant a name at me, I'll just accept that rather than my own because it's attention and it validates me. Right. I was once billed incorrectly as Crazy Colin Brooker on a comedy poster, so, you know. Maybe that's where we're going. If ever, if ever you're called crazy something. Um, there's a friend of mine in comedy called Jim Meehan who did a, a, a very small gig in Warrington the other day and was genuinely on with an open spot. Open spots, if you don't know the parlance, basically means an unpaid uh, stand-up comedian who's new to it. Um, he was on with a, an open spot who'd obviously gone, my normal name is probably Steve something, is a bit dull. I need to come up with a really funny name because that's what all... Co- See, people think my surname is a stage name. It's not. It's my real fucking name, right? It's not funny. It's just shit, right? <laughs> and it's my real name. I, I, my, my real first name is James. I have to be Jim Smallman because there's already a James Smallman in equity. That's the really boring reason behind it. And, but Jim Meehan was doing a gig and he put a picture of the poster up on, uh, on Facebook with all his friends who are comedians. The wacky name that a stand-up comedian in Warrington had given himself was Davy Minge. <laughs> it, does, it does sound a little bit... It does sound a little bit like Davy Richards has rebranded himself in NXT, doesn't it? Oh, my word. Davy Minge. Oh, God. Anyway. We've hit our high-water mark early, haven't we? We James? have. Um, anyway. Our, uh, our third co-host uh, today uh, is someone who did the opposite of what me and Chris did. Instead of going from the world of comedy into the world of wrestling, he went from the world of wrestling into the world of comedy. And then, not only uh, is he dead good at it, but within his first probably year or so of being involved in the world of comedy, he has won one of the most prestigious awards in the world of comedy, um, which, frankly, is taking the fucking piss. <laughs> Fuck this guy. Right? He was on... Fuck him. He's he was... worse than Ethan. <laughs> He was on one of the first ever Tuesday Night Jaws, and I'll tell this story now. What he did was, he came along to do Tuesday Night Jaw, as Tuesday Night Jaws always were at the time. They lasted for like three and a half hours, me, him, and Scroobius Pip. Um, and we were sat in a room doing this. And at the end of it, uh, he went, oh, I've probably got to go back to work now. I went, mate, we've been recording for like three, four hours. We, are you off to work now? And he went, no, I've always been at work during the course of this entire recording. <laughs> 
And I went, you fucking what? And he went, yeah, I just told him I was going to Greg's. <laughs> he will back me up. He fucking did that. He's a legend. Uh, please, welcome to the stage, the wonderful Danny Garnell! <laughs> So, yeah. um, I don't work there no more. <laughs> you did do that, though, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I already really like Danny, and that was the thing that really pushed me over the edge into going, he's my hero now. Um, so, um, what did you take back with you as cover from Greg's? Oh, a steak bake and a sausage roll. Good man, good man. <laughs> I like the idea of you taking them back, passing one of them to your boss and him going, fuck, it's still warm. <laughs> Where did you go? I went through the fucking Stargate. Um, <laughs> reached my hand through ancient Egypt. Um, so, Danny, you won the So You Think You're Funny Award in Edinburgh um, uh, for basically best new act in the universe, which has previously been won by really good comedians and friends of mine, like Ivo Graham and Ashleen B and people like that, which basically means if you win that, is a passport to stardom. Okay. Um, <laughs> and this is what stardom looks like, Danny. Welcome. In my um, wildest dreams, I live <laughs> the basements of London. And my favourite bit is, is because obviously, like, I've had to learn a lot about the world of wrestling over the six and a bit years I've been around wrestling, and, and I've known Danny since pretty much that started. And now you're learning a lot about the world of comedy. Yeah. And and um, <laughs> you told me a story before about like, does if any is anyone here an a actual stand up comedian? Raise your hand now. Even if you just an open spot, it's still fine. Right. Fuck it. We can talk about them. So. <laughs> There's two types of people who do comedy. There's people who do comedy and then have another job, which Danny uh, is still now, and I was for a long time. Uh, and then there's people who go to stage school and just do comedy because, luckily, they've got a little bit of privilege behind them and they can afford to do it. And that's great. Either way is great as long as you're funny. That's the important thing. Um, however, you were telling me before, quite a lot of that school, the sort of privileged side of comedy, genuinely think you're a character act. This is the case, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, basically, like, oh, you're still in character. <laughs> <laughs> the, show's, the show's been finished two hours. They think I'm method. They think I'm like... I'm the, the Daniel Day-Lewis of open mic comedy. <laughs> but no, it's just me, just, just my working-class self, yeah. <laughs> it's funny to them people. <laughs> I love that, yeah, if he'd have done that, that would have been, whoever said that, if you'd have just got a Greg steak bake out during that conversation. Oh, dear. Um, sometimes Greg's put baked beans inside pastry. Um, give me a cheer if you think this is wrong. Whee! You're right. Um, it is wrong. No, no, you don't put beans inside a... You don't put beans I, inside I a pastry, and you don't put beans inside a sandwich. It's wrong. Not okay. baked beans. So, on toast is fine. On toast is fine, because so that sandwich toast. is deconstructed, Chris. The minute you fold that over, you can't eat it as a sandwich because beans fall out. Well, it's fucking insightful, this so shit, isn't it? You wait till we so stand up I'm, show I'm going to I'm going to counter that, and we will talk about comedy and wrestling at some point. If no, you, we won't. If you've listened to Tuesday Night <laughs> Welcome Jaw. Welcome to Tuesday Night Jaw, where we do nothing that we say we're going to do. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're, missing, we're missing Gluten Boy, anyway, so we really should be sensitive on bread. Bread, 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 bread. bread. He'll, um, 
I think he gets a proper. I think all the commentary team get a proper introduction tomorrow, like yeah. like it's Raw or SmackDown. And um, can, oh, it's can be funny go, as fuck. <laughs> can everyone go and buy tortilla wraps and just cut ribbons like streamers out of that to throw at Matthew Taylor Richards? <laughs> Matt is. <laughs> Matt is um, currently in Ireland um, hosting, I believe, a Minecraft convention. Um, yep, yep. I haven't got a fucking clue either. Um, they're a th- real thing. Um, they're, they're brilliant. They don't even have venues. You turn up, you just have to create that. <laughs> you gotta... <laughs> what you'll see during a lot of these links is three people who all do comedy going, fucking need to top that one. <laughs> Um, so um, I'm going to throw out some questions and then we're basically going to debate comedy and wrestling um, first question is this um, cheer if you genuinely like a bit of comedy and wrestling cheer now Whee! good so g- give me a cheer just if you absolutely hate comedy and wrestling you feel everything should just be shoot style headbutts for 20 minutes cheer now good then we can be friends um, <laughs> I like people being suplexed as much as the next person, which luckily is these two people who like watching people being suplexed. Um, um, Especially and now you don't have to be suplexed yourself anymore. Oh, I love it. I'm my buddy. I can feel it again. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you threw my favourite suplex of all time. Really? Yeah, mm. which was on Rob Lynch from the top rope once. <laughs> yeah, where you, you murdered him. <laughs> um, uh, in about chapter three or f- maybe three, four, maybe something like that. I think um, he's still in the air somewhere, isn't he? He's still... <laughs> It was a fucking great suplex. Um, and my theory on this is, and I know sometimes, like, um, I've had this debate with people on the internet before, like, um, like people will say that uh, a match goes to a non-finish because it goes, goes to a disqualification. If a match goes to a disqualification, is it a non-finish, yes or no? No, because a disqualification is a finish, right? It just happens to be that people like watching pinfalls or submissions more. Totally get that. But sometimes you need a disqualification. I get that. But sometimes you will see people on the internet going, well, there's a bit too much comedy for me. Um, so let's look at people we like who do a bit of comedy, right? Who really likes Session Moth? So you should. My wife fancies her, genuinely. Um, loves her to bits. Proper. Loads of, loads of people do. I've seen the hashtag. Um, and, and she's great. And she's great and brilliant at her job. And every time I watch her, I go, that was fucking brilliant. I love that. Now, everyone appreciates that you can't necessarily have comedy in every single match because then it would become a very, very different thing. But a bit of comedy, we all agree, is right. Correct? Cool. So then, with that in mind, I'm going to throw out some questions. So, question number one. And raise your hand as they're all yelling out because the mics won't pick it up. Okay? Raise your hand if you have an idea for who you think the funniest wrestler of all time is. Danny Garnell is off the table. He's legitimately actually funny. Um, raise your hand if you've got an idea for funniest wrestler of all time. Keep your hand in the air once we go to people this so I can go. This did his homework straight up. Go. Sebastian. Sebastian. <laughs> Sorry. Give me... Raise your hand for the most intentionally funny wrestler. <laughs> I'm only messing. Sebastian was funny and depending on what he was choosing to do. Um, yes. Chuck Taylor, good answer, good answer. Um, if you like an answer, by the way, do feel free to applaud it or cheer it. Um, yes? Santina Morella. Santina Female Morella. Very, very uh, specific. <laughs> very specific. Actual Santino, fuck him in his cobra. Right? <laughs> the minute he dragged up, I'm fucking on board. <laughs> Imagine you enjoy the Benny Hill show as well. Uh, yes? Yeah, Regal, biased. Um, 
Here's the thing you'll learn, from, and you know this from doing Regal shows. Like, people will go, turn up to Regal's stand-up shows and say to him, oh, I bet you hated it when you had to dress up as a woman or whatever. He thinks that's the best, because not only did he get paid exactly the same to dress up as a woman, but he didn't have to get dropped on his head. It was fucking brilliant. It's and, genius. What a gig. Better than that, how many times have we seen female performers, ring announcers, go over on those heels on that ramp? Steady as a rock, oh, William Regal. Steady as a rock. It's like he had been practicing. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. I've not said conspiracy in quite some time. Um, I imagine he's got some five-inch Louboutins. Um, it's worrying I could pronounce that so easily. Um, yes, mate? Les Kellett. Les Kellett's a great answer. Um, <laughs> it was good. Like I'm an overrider cups on guys, but let's not clap like it's fucking golf. <laughs> um, Les, who is, just by cheering, who has ever seen some of Les Kellett cheer now? Yes. Right, if you haven't, there's stuff on YouTube. Go and watch him. Right, first of all, go and watch Les Kellett, who was absolutely hilarious and a proper full-on clown. Right, then when you've watched Les Kellett. Read Simon Garfield's book, The Wrestling, and find out what a horrible, horrible human being he was. <laughs> and for some reason, that makes it way fucking funnier. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Like, this is a man... Simon Garfield talks in his book about a time where... Um, <laughs> like, Les Kellett had a cyst on his hand. Like, a massive cyst on his... A huge cyst on his hand, and he kept pigs. So what he'd done is, he'd either got a staph infection from the dirty mats back in the day, or he'd caught something from one he of his pigs. If I remember rightly, he was bitten by one of his pigs. Bitten by one of his pigs. And he got pigs. infected. Yeah, and he got infected from the mats, right? And he sat backstage, and his hand's all swollen up. And to fix his hand being swollen up... Now, what they'd do is, right, if you were for WWE or something like that, a doctor would come in uh, with a syringe, they'd drain it, uh, they'd put a proper surgical dressing on it and stuff like that. What Les Kellett did was, he hit himself in the hand with a hammer. That I, level of absolute nutcase. I, I am actually going to do the I think you'll find. Oh, no, do point. it in the right voice. I think you'll find. <laughs> the, the, the story, as put in, in Andrew Garfield's book, is that he used this... Simon Garfield, to... Andrew Garfield's Batman, if you're going to fucking get corrected. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! And that's number one. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll see you around. God. <laughs> I'll find you now. He's although no, he's not right, anymore. Right, oh fucking all hell! Right, all right, we all we all know. It'd be brilliant if Stan Lee came in now. We all know that Spider-Man's currently played by the nation of Holland. Now, um, gig with his dad, haven't we? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, Tom Holland's dad, Don Holland, is a very famous stand-up comedian. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, all right. This is now turned into the Houses of Parliament with people going... Yeah, so Les Kelly used this as an opportunity to intimidate one of his peers because he went in and ra- he said... He put his hand down and he said, right, you, some young wrestler, he said, stamp on that. And he went, no. He said, stamp on my hand or I'll fucking stamp on you. So he had this guy stamp on his hand and pus shot several feet out of there. He wasn't a well man. <laughs> Do go and look up. With that knowledge in hand, go and watch him and go, how is he so funny? Um, it's, it's genuinely terrifying. Um, uh, any other suggestions? Funniest? Oh, loads. Uh, yes. <laughs> Hang on, you put your hand up, and then I pointed uh, at you, and you went, oh, God, I haven't actually thought of anything yet, which is beautiful. 
Are you referring to Shawn Michaels' partner from an infamous podcast <laughs> tag team match? <laughs> I'll come back to you. Come right, raise your hand when you've got an answer. I'll come back to you, mate. Right, next. Toriano. <laughs> Fucking nice disguise. Um, Toriano is a great answer. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, I am ninety percent certain the reason that Pete Dunne does the shrug thing is because me and him were talking about Toriano for a long time once at a progress show, and then all of a sudden he started doing it, um, which I'm one hundred percent on board with. Um, my wife knows nothing of New Japan apart from the funny man who shrugs and punches people in the dick. <laughs> Um, uh, who I love. Um, uh, good answer. I like Toriano. Um, uh, yes. Cole Cabana. Cole is a great answer and also someone who made an entire uh, wrestling road diary out of uh, funny equals money. Um, uh, <laughs> and uh, someone the people of Chicago love dearly. Turns out they don't love CM Punk as much as they used to. <laughs> I learned in Chicago. Um, <laughs> awkward. Um, yeah, Punk, and also Punk, who was at the uh, first ever Progress show, as we're ahead of doing our biggest ever one tomorrow. What a lovely man. I like Punk a lot. Uh, uh, no, not Punk, sorry. Colt a lot. I'm really tired. Andrew Colt. Garfield? Is Colt. Colt. Andrew, Andrew Garfield, Garfield is, is there tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Colt. That's... Yeah. Daredevil? Wouldn't you all fucking... If you, it, you know how intricate we can go into storytelling sometimes? Wouldn't you all lose your fucking mind if this was just an angle that I'm setting up in your heads now? <laughs> Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe you won't see it tomorrow. Maybe it'll be a little while down the line. Maybe it's, I'm just fucking covering myself for being stupid. Who knows? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, he did accuse me of being a racist. Um, well, you can take the boy out of Leicester, but... Um... <laughs> so... <laughs> To explain what happened, um, who remembers Madman Manson doing the Wasteman Challenge? Yeah. All he'd been doing all day back... And Manson's a very good friend of mine. I've been watching football with him overseas and stuff. And, in fact, he was there when you said the greatest joke of all time. <laughs> so, if you're not familiar, I used to tell this on stage. The greatest joke of all time, me and Danny and Madman Manson and John Briley are walking down a street from our hotel to the train station in Dortmund. We're off to go and watch a game in Dortmund in Germany. Uh, and we walk... Uh, and we walk past uh, a house, and when we walk past the house, an Alsatian runs out of the house and barks at me. I jump out of my skin. Danny pats me on the back and goes, of course, here, they're just called shepherds, right? <laughs> <laughs> Before he'd even started! That's, uh, that's why he's winning awards, and yeah. we're, we're trying to get out. <laughs> yeah. um, so... So with Manson, like he'd sat backstage and Joe and everything he says, you can't, you don't know if it's real or not because he's constantly funny. And he just kept saying, he just kept going, "Can I go out and just be really racist?" And we're like, "No, Manson, <laughs> of course you can't." He went, "Ah, I'll be funny." I went, "No, it will not." <laughs> and he's just doing, and he, he's only doing it to wind us up. He's literally the least racist person I've ever met, and and he's he's literally just doing it to wind us up and trying to get a rise out of us. And then when he did that, he did that, and then did all the stuff about me actually being a massive racist, which of course is not true. Um, but at the time, um, I literally shat myself. Has anyone ever been, been to one of his seminars? Um, you nodded. Uh, is that because you said Manson as well? So how did you find his seminar? <laughs> what was it? <laughs> Yeah, because he, he, I remember, I, I love Manson and would have used him, and he decided to leave wrestling, and I would have used him constantly because he was fucking wonderful. But by his own admission, he hated wrestling. He loved being funny, 
but fucking hated wrestling. And you're laughing because you've clearly had to wrestle him at some yeah. point. <laughs> so, so tell us the story of what it's like to wrestle Madman Manson. No, I, don't, I haven't actually wrestled him, but I have heard numerous times in changing rooms about how much he fucking hates being there. And <laughs> it just, yeah, you was absolutely right. Like, he was a fan more of the comedy element than the wrestling element. Yeah. And it's like, wrestling's weird, like, towards the end for me. I really enjoy the build-up to the show because you're with your mates and you're seeing everyone that you really like and everything. And then it was like, the show is the bit, you're like, oh, fuck, so I've got to go and do the... I've got to go and wrestle now. And then you do your 10, 20-minute match and then you can go back and carry on having fun with your mates. I think Manson's whole career was that. Yeah. That feeling. So, yeah, it's just... He just, he just kept doing it in the ring, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> yeah. Um, we, when we went to Dortmund on this trip, we uh, turned up in uh, Stansted Airport and there was loads of us went like uh, Havoc came with us as well and Glenn and John and uh, a couple of my comedian friends and we're sat in Stansted Airport and uh, Manson is dressed head to toe in Dream Team memorabilia the <laughs> the the Sky One uh, sitcom slash drama which I once heard someone call a documentary um, <laughs> I, and, and he has, and this is legit, he has the largest collection of Dream Team memorabilia in the world. Um, presumably because he's the only fucking person who collects it. Um, but he's got tons of it. He just sat there dead proud wearing a purple dream. Harchester United was the team, wasn't it? Just, just uh, out of interest, does anyone here have hang, any... Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. There's a challenger appears. Um, <laughs> really? Good Lord. Have you... <laughs> wow! Does anyone remember how Dream Team actually ended? The stadium caught fire, and I believe a ghost scored a winning goal. That's the level. It's fucking bananas. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know. Let's ask. Sorry, I'm just a conduit now. Um, is your Fletcher kit covered in blood? Okay, good. There's a good answer. Only Zom- for Halloween. Zombie Fletcher. Yeah, that's nice. the most niche Halloween costume of all time, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> you can only really work as a trick or treater if you knock on Manson's door. <laughs> but you will get whatever you want from him. <laughs> um, any more suggestions for funniest wrestler? I'll go uh, there, my friend. Yes. Uh, Val Venus. <laughs> Do you mean now, politically? <laughs> so, what we've learned here is Vince Russo's in the audience because he's the only person who found that shit funny. Um, I mean, it's funny if you like the same joke hammered again and again, and which obviously he was hammering things again and again and again. It's Val Venus. Um, come on, let's keep the Val Venus jokes going. Um, <laughs> it rhymes with penis. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken me till now. <laughs> 20 years. Boom. <laughs> Why did he need to be called Val Venus for a penis joke when there was already Brian Nobbs in the world? <laughs> Dick Slater. <laughs> That's just someone who doesn't like any penis, though, isn't it? <laughs> You're right to laugh. That is an excellent joke. Um, um, I mean, Val Venus was. How old were you when Val Venus was a thing? Yeah, that's why it's hilarious, yeah. mate. Um, it's, um, who remembers when, uh, when Kai and Ty tried to chop his penis off? Uh, what it, an angle that was. I mean, that's the angle they tried to chop it off and at. And also, um, they are now 
They're now the SmackDown, or not the SmackDown, they are now the Japanese language announce team. Yamaguchi, yes, and Funaki. Yeah. So, is it the same Yamaguchi or a different Yamaguchi? I believe so. You, you, you're saying different with a very serious look on your fans. I thought it was different as well because he seems too young. <laughs> what? He's he so sat, sat down! down! He's taller. Fuck me. I'm apparently now the more racist one out of the two of us, then, so... <laughs> no, no, no. Hell. He can't be the same Yamaguchi. The one I know faced left. Yeah. What? <laughs> He's, um... Well, look it up. Let's find out if it is. Someone will tweet me anyway once they listen to this episode. Yeah. So, uh, but at Jim Small. Let us assume... It's his brother. Apparently. Yeah, shoot brother. <laughs> shoot brother. <laughs> shoot. I like that we're around in wrestling. Oh, we do. have to go, is he shoot brother? It's not a Pete and Damien Dunn situation. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry, spoilers. Steady on, uh, steady on. Um, what I've done is their grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really, really good joke on so many levels that so many people here are too young to get. Fuck so, you all. <laughs> Ethan, out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, also the fact that Takamichi Noka is now Zack Sabre Jr.'s uh, spokesperson <laughs> and sweariest man in wrestling. Um, uh, <laughs> rip- <laughs> I, was ta- I was talking to Sabre about this, and I said, do you think you could ever convince Taka... Like, obviously, we can't use New Japan guys, but Taka's not really New Japan. He's, like, he's a freelancer like Suzuki is. And I was like, do you think you'd ever convince Taka to come and, um, to come and work for Progress? And he went... He went <laughs> he's fucking funny <laughs> and I went well like Stuart Lee funny knowing that that's Mr. Sabre's comedian of choice I went sort of Stuart Lee funny he went <laughs> just walked away <laughs> um, <laughs> I like the idea and also Tucker's deceptively tall because when you watch anyone from the Attitude Era it's the same if you see Mick Foley and you go Mick Foley's six foot four who knew right it's because who has ever met X-Pac He's dead fucking tall, isn't he? Which you were not expecting, because you expected him to be short, because everyone then was tall. And, um, and now, seeing Taka in a New Japan ring, you're like, oh, you're actually not three foot two, as I expected <laughs> you to be, based on 1998 WWE. Um, also, uh, I used to love Taka Michinoku's music. Um, it was great. <laughs> the, the fact that people are instantly singing it as well is good. Uh, let's take two more suggestions. Funniest ever wrestler. I'm going to go to the back a little bit. I'm going to go just the... Uh, yes, you. R-Truth. R-Truth. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, loving him at the moment. Based on applause, R-Truth has won. Uh, <laughs> Someone tell Manson. <laughs> <laughs> I love R-Truth. I love... He, he did... I think it was the Art of Wrestling once where he, he talked about his background and how he was in like a dance troupe and stuff like that. And you know when you're like, part of you wants to go, what? You're in a dance troupe? And then you become a wrestler. And then part of you goes, yes. <laughs> this seems to make sense. Um, uh, he's, um, also, he's, he's the most ageless man in the world because he has been wrestling. He's been in WWE for about 20 years, right? Um, and, and I know he went to TNA for a bit, but like, as a rule back then, no one sort of, apart from Jeff Hardy, no one really rocked up in WWE when they were young. Um, so, like, how old is our truth? Here's a question. 26 was one answer. 47 was another. Shit auction. Um, 
Oh, yeah, there's some great photos of him. There's back a picture in of R Truth yeah. with Tupac. He's definitely not 27. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Tupac's his dad. Um, 46. R Truth's six years older than me. How much older is he than you? Not six years. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I think he's great. I think his ability to, like, sometimes when you're in WWE and you've not necessarily got, like, a, um, a job where you're on TV all the time and you just go, okay, let's see what happens when we're given this. I think guys like R-Truth and guys like Goldust take every opportunity they've got to, uh, to the fullest. And obviously part of it is down to experience because they know that they're lucky to have a job and, uh, and that sort of stuff. Um, uh, but I think R-Truth is... Uh, it's a good shout. I'll do one more. One more. Trent, <laughs> Trent is that you? Is that <laughs> Trent, you've got a show that starts in literally like three hours. Um, uh, Trent is a good shout. I will take another one as well. Um, Trent is a good shout. I introduced Trent as the most charismatic man in, in, in professional wrestling while I was in uh, while I was in Chicago. The reason being, if uh, if you haven't seen this yet, in I'm doing the ring introductions in Chicago, and Brody King, who's my new best friend, is in this uh, is in this match. And <laughs> sorry, mate. Um, and like, literally, and, and this is a legit thing. Brody got on the bus for our first show we were doing, which he was on, which was New York. Um, and and I straight away I was like, oh, we got so much in common, like the same music with straight edge, all this sort of stuff. And 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 we just sat talking, and we really hit it off. And I jokingly said, I'm going to introduce you as my new best friend from now. And he went, cool, that'll be a laugh. So I do it in Chicago, and I've been doing it a couple of nights before. And I go, uh, and as of this tour, my new best friend Brody King, and we give each other a thumbs up, which is out of character for him, and everyone cheered. And then <laughs> Trent comes over and takes the microphone and just goes, "You've known him three days, you slut." <laughs> And I could not stop laughing. So, Trent is a joy to be around. Trent, at two in the morning when you're on a bus journey from Chicago to Detroit and you're trying to fall asleep and all of a sudden you know there's someone sat next to you on the bus and you open your eyes and it's just Trent going, what are you doing? <laughs> Hi, Trent. Um, I love him dearly. He's a wonderful human. Right, we'll take one more suggestion. I'm going to do you there, sir. Uh, Kurt Angle, yes. You, I mean, obviously you don't mean black gum shield killing everyone in ECW, Kurt Angle. You mean tiny hat, Kurt Angle. Uh, I'd love a hat that small. I could pretend to be Brian Harvey from East 17 then. And run, run myself over on my own driveway after eating too many baked potatoes. <laughs> I know, I've already done the joke. Um, uh, so, uh, good shout. Um, uh, who... who what do you think, Rick, about Kurt Angle, humour-wise? Yeah, I loved it. Remember the stuff he used to do with Stone Cold when they was with the guitars and all that? Remember when they were singing together? He's perfect, yeah. And that, loved- that shit's really important as well. Like, if you... Like, on the show tomorrow, I know there's bits of comedy. If, that, if the show tomorrow, even though it's a super serious show, because it's a big show, like, if the show was just super serious and there was no light as well as shade, it would be weird. You would get bored. Like, if every match was the same, you would get bored. And I think you always need comedy for that, for that very reason. Okay, so good answers, guys. Um, do you have any suggestions that didn't come up while we were doing said suggestions? Yeah, um, a man close to my heart, a guy called Damon Lee. Who um, one of you has stopped clapping, That's Ethan? Nice. You know Shut it. up, Ethan! It's not how it works, mate. I know you've watched uh, Jeremy Kyle when you're <laughs> off school, but this is not how it works. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, bless Damon you. Lee, um, who uh, I, I'm, I'm 
going to throw a shameless plug at Future Shock. He's one of the guys who... You never do that on this podcast. It's, it's, you do. It's family friendly, but it's not shit. Now, um, it's... <laughs> and, uh, ideally, you can't use that as a catchphrase because no, it's not family here. friendly. No. <laughs> it, it is Schrodinger's sales pitch. It is essentially, is it good or bad? Yes. Um, Daniel Lee is, is a guy who, uh, right now, won't be wrestling in London, won't be wrestling else because he's got a full-time job, he's got a family, he's an amazing dad, he's a sound human being. Um, he's a copper as well. He's brilliant. Um, yeah, fuck the police. Boom. Whatever. Um, he, um, he is consistently the funniest person I've seen in wrestling. Um, we had him and James Drake in a match at Future Shop last December where all bins were legal. And it <laughs> remains the funniest thing I've seen in years. And we, it was basically, we, well, I went bin shopping, which is brilliant, as a, as a man in my 40s, a trip to B&Q to buy bins of all shapes. And, sorry? 40 quid for a wee bin. Best 40 quid I've ever spent. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you for making that moment as well, yeah. Um, uh, and, and as you notice, people brought their own bins. Is this bin. a Facebook group? <laughs> I'm beginning to think it might be. Um, but is this what day is the recycling? <laughs> What colours you been? <laughs> um, but <laughs> oh god! I think you'll find you are too early. <laughs> anyway, I feel like we've moved on. Damon's leads dead funny. Futureshockinfinite.com. Check out and demand four pounds a month. What were you saying? I can't remember now. Um, <laughs> do you have any other suggestions, uh, oh, Danny? For me, it was always he's not a wrestler. We, he did wrestle, but. He was more famous as a comic, Bobby Heenan. Oh, yeah. I thought he was the funniest <laughs> ever. I've got a, a weird story as well about R-Truth, right? Mm. When I was 17, I was wrestling out in Texas, and R-Truth, he was on the show, and I didn't know, but all the boys were ribbing me because I was 17 and wet behind the ears. Just one second, Danny. See, Ethan, Texas when he was 17. <laughs> <laughs> You'd never even been to fucking London. <laughs> Carry on, Danny. And uh, it's like in the wrestling game, like in amongst the boys, everyone knows that in the UK is where they make the best wrestling boots. Like it's just a weird thing, but there's one guy in this country and he makes the best boots in the world. When you go to America, it's hard to get good boots. They're pretty shit. Like in general, it's come on a bit now. But back then, so 17, I was 17, 2002 ish. So I didn't know, but as a rib, uh, R Truth kept eyeing up my boots. And saying to me, oh, I like your boots. Where did you get them boots? And just making me, like, really uncomfortable. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, uh, you ever stay in a Turkish prison? Yeah. That kind of question. <laughs> and I was telling, telling, like, the other UK lads that was on the show as well. And they were like, no, being paranoid. But they was all in on it, obviously. <laughs> and then we were wrestling in an ice hockey arena. So it was a big, a big venue. And to get from one side to the other took a few minutes. And every time I went out of the dressing room to get some air or whatever, every time I come back, our truth was trying my boots on. <laughs> <laughs> but when I, start, I started wrestling when I was 14, so I was like a size 7, and I didn't invest in new boots till I was a man, and I was like a size 11. So <laughs> ah. the image of our truth trying to get... feet like a ballet dancer. Yeah, <laughs> our truth trying to get into size 7 white patent boots. <laughs> Stay with me forever. But yeah, Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly have the Tuesday Night Joe ethos down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. 
Good answers. Uh, someone, yeah, someone tweeted me last night. I retweeted your. I saw it, yeah. And they said, um, I think, what was the event? King of Survivor Series 93? Yeah. Uh, when it was like the Hart family versus Shawn Michaels and the Knights. Yes. Uh, Bobby Heenan's commentary just throughout is just. He's, he was properly like. I'm getting a, a tattoo of Andre the Giant and Bobby Heenan at some point um, because of two of my all-time favourites. And, and I, I used to watch him when I was a kid and think, even when you're a kid and you don't really know what's rude and what isn't rude, I used to sometimes think, I'm sure you're not allowed to say that. I'm sure he must walk backstage and those wrestlers want to beat him up because he's just a small commentator, man. <laughs> um, and and he, he was genuinely... Some of his stuff was so near the knuckle and so clever. Um, that people it, it, it will have passed especially if you were young when you first watched it it will have passed you by go back and re-watch it and you'll see um, it, it's, it's, it's very very funny and his, his Hall of Fame speech I don't think it's been topped I genuinely don't think it's been topped in terms of how funny it was how long was it? that's how I gauge Hall of Fame speeches now um, yeah, I think he came in at less than 20 minutes see a tight 20 he's a born comedian yeah. that's how it works <laughs> you do a tight 20 you work right so that's Wrestler um, this is a slightly harder one now. Um, promotion. The funniest wrestling promotion of all time. I'm going to throw out my suggestion, uh, which I talk about on the podcast a lot, which is Hustle in Japan, um, uh, which if you've never seen it before, is... You know how sometimes... Um, Japan's a very isolated country, and sometimes they will take certain things to an absolute extreme. For example, if you watch a J-League football game there, the way they've taken fan culture is they've taken it and pushed it to 11, and it's completely bananas. What they did there is someone went, we should make a sports entertainment-style wrestling company. And someone said, what? Well, you have storylines in that. And they went, yes. So that's what they did. They made a company that had the most bizarre storylines ever. It's essentially a cross between wrestling and Power Rangers. It is <laughs> batshit insane. They had a character called Razor Ramon Hard Gay. That's not a made-up name. You could not hit him in the dick. If you hit him in the dick, he charged up and had a superpower where he had a whole animated sequence like the Power Rangers where he got his superpower. At one point, I believe the Great Muta was born out of an egg. It's... <laughs> Their, their evil, their evil uh, uh, authority figure was former UWF tough man Nobuhiku Takada dressed as M. Bison from Street Fighter. <laughs> it's fucking insane. Loads of it is on the internet. You can go and see it. This is uh, the company where they had an eight-year-old girl dressed like The Undertaker, no-selling stuff and choke-slamming everybody. <laughs> It's, but, but it was before... DDT's fairly insane. Hustle was next-level bonkers. DDT reigns it in and occasionally has some sensible stuff. But Hustle was nuts. Uh, and, and it's also, because Hustle's written all in capitals, also the secret reason why Progress is written all in capitals. Um, because I just thought it looked cool. I thought so, you were angry when you filled in the form yeah. first. Progress! <laughs> I mean, bearing in mind, John writes quite a lot of that stuff. He probably was. Um, um, uh, just people going, when's it on on demand? Fuck it, it's in capitals from now on. Um, so that's my suggestion. Um, has anyone, just by cheering, has anyone here ever watched Hustle? Yeah. Good. So you will know it's mental. Yes, Akibono yeah. was Akibono was born because the great Muta misted a, uh, a female idol, uh, which are their sort of Yingling, model singer types, yeah. um, uh, in the vagina, uh, and giant sumo wrestler Akibono was born. Very quickly as well, all things like, considered. Quite 
Yeah. Like sometimes I will say something goes wrong in, in our company, and sometimes we have to um, sometimes we have to retcon a storyline because it doesn't necessarily work as well as we wanted. <coughs> the faceless, and sometimes that. <laughs> Sorry, Danny. And sometimes, sometimes that happens, and we have to come up, and we normally fix it. But sometimes we'll be in booking meetings and go, "Whoa, that's a bit of a stretch." Get into that. Nothing is the stretch like in what they did in. I don't mean like Akebono was born. I mean nothing. Nothing is the stretch that some of the booking decisions that Hustle had to come up with, where someone just went, "Why don't we just have a woman give birth to a sumo wrestler?" And they went, "Okay." In our meetings, there's three of us. One of us goes, but logic... It's the most commonly said thing between the three of us is the phrase, but logically, why would that happen, right? And that's how we normally get to fairly logical booking decisions. But it's still wrestling. It doesn't always have to be logical, right? But in Hustle, that shit is all out of the window and people just go in, no. Like, Steve Carino wrestled there for ages and didn't even have a name. <laughs> He'll tell you about it. Like, he loved it there. He, he helped book the shows I think whilst on possibly a lot of alcohol slash other stuff, right? It's just, it's absolutely nuts. Um, I'm glad you've seen it because it's mental. Any other suggestions for funniest ever promotion? Yes. Shikara is a great shout because Shikara is wonderful. Um, who here, um, this isn't a funny thing as much as a clever thing. Who here remembers Shikara disappearing for a bit and then coming back again? Raise your hands, yeah. right? Who here knows how they came back again? Yeah, so they, they, they basically, they kept a load of addresses of people who bought merch in Philadelphia, where they're roughly based, right? And when they decided to relaunch the company again, Mike Quackenbush and his friends, what they did, did was they just sent little flyers out to people who had bought merch just saying, be here at this time, and they put a few posters up, and that's how they relaunched the company, wow. right? When people spend thousands of pounds on Facebook ads... That's the coolest way of ever relaunching a company. And they've got ridiculously named characters in that company and ridiculous gimmicks, which has always been really, really good. One of my favourite um, tag teams there was uh, Brody Lee, now uh, Luke Harper, and Grizzly Redwood, the tiny lumberjack. <laughs> it was just brilliant. The whole thing was brilliant. And the wrestling was brilliant as well. It was really, really good. Um, any, any Shikara things stick out for anyone who, did to, who has seen Shikara? Yes. Darkness Crabtree is a great name. Um, and just any, any of those names that people have come up with and also knowing full well that quite a lot of the people who played these mass gimmicks have gone on to be quite successful wrestlers and we don't necessarily know who they are I know some of them are, I can't tell you Peaches and Apricot you see, that's what you need in wrestling when people are coming up with tough names, like, you see you, Ethan, Young Guns, probably with a Z, right? That's <laughs> what you need. If, if you just, right, this is what I want you to do, right? If you ever want to get booked in progress, this is what you've got to do, right? <laughs> you and your tag team partner, I want you to go to a 24-hour supermarket when they're restocking the shelves. I want you to find two tinned goods that you both really take a fancy to, and that's your new names, okay? I want you to be Cream of Mushroom and... Slice pears. I'm not bothered, right? Like, that's what I want from now on. Will you do that for us, Ethan? Good. Of course you will, because he knows. Um, good. Other suggestions? Funny promotions. Uh, let's go. I want to try and choose someone I've not done before. So, yes. PWG, yes, can be funny. A lot of the time is being super serious indie promotion uh, where they have tremendous matches of people doing trying to top each other all the time, which I am 100% on board with because I fucking love PWG. Um, uh, is there anything in particular that sticks out for you that's daft from PWG? Every time, uh, like, 
Yeah. I, I, I like to think, my basic uh, gauge as to whether or not something is funny and genuinely resonates with a modern wrestling audience is, does Jim Cornette hate this? <laughs> Because there was that ten man that Liger's in and Pete Dunn's in and, uh, and Alistair Black's in and I, I think Champa's in and like it's ridiculous and at one point they are all fingering each other's anus. <laughs> that is a thing that happened with some of the best wrestlers on the planet. Some of the absolute best wrestlers on the planet did that for a long time until it was uncomfortable for both physically and emotionally for everybody. <laughs> it was a beautiful thing to do. Um, uh, any other PWG related suggestions? Yes. So, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I can't remember that specifically. Oh, ref doing a flip dive is amazing. Uh, spoilers, Chris Roberts tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't know. He doesn't fucking know. Going to let Bandido force him to do it. Uh, <clears throat> um, uh, good shout. Someone said something from the back of the room as well for PWG related. <laughs> yeah, any time where people... Who's, on the whole Stone Cold on the Rock thing, who's seen the, the footage of Kevin Owens and uh, Seth Rollins doing this at a house show? <laughs> where um, So, <laughs> um, now, here's the thing. House shows are great fun. WWE house shows are great fun. If you've never been to a house show and you go, I'm not going to one of them, it's not TV, go to house shows. Yeah. They're unbelievably good fun because all the matches are at least 10, 15 minutes long and everyone does cool stuff. Uh, and they're really, really good fun and you don't have segments and stuff interrupting it. It's really, really good. Now, um... I was, and I'm going to name drop here. I'm going to name drop in two ways. I'm going to tell you a fun story about this person first that doesn't involve me. Um, so Fit Finley um, is a backstage agent. Okay, thank you, mate. Um, thank you for picking up that name. And um, Fit Finley's a backstage agent and was working on one of the SmackDown tours that me, John, and Glenn were backstage at last year. And uh, at one point, because uh, uh, we were there for like three or four shows, Glenn went drinking. I don't drink. John doesn't really drink. Uh, Glenn is our stunt drinker. Um, LAUGHTER 
in that we employ him to drink to be sociable. And we really got on well with Finley, who's, who's like, who's a vegan and everything. Like, he's like, he's such a cool dude and was such a great wrestler and so knowledgeable and really, really nice guy. Once you get past the fact, he's terrifying because he's hard as nails, right? And we're talking to him, we're getting on really, really well with him. And then he, um, he goes drinking with Glenn one night and we turn up for, uh, for the show the next day. And, uh, and the first thing Finley says to me is, where's your mate? And I went, Glenn, oh, he's, he's going to meet us here in a bit. He went, <laughs> he drank with me till eight in the morning. <laughs> and when Glenn walked in, we went, did you have a good night last night? He went, I went blind. <laughs> so, and that same day, so what's happening on this tour is there's, um, there's a six-woman tag match um, that, um, uh, that Carmella's in. And uh, at the end of the match, what's happening is uh, uh, James Ellsworth, who's still with the company, James Ellsworth's running out, and James Ellsworth's taking all the girls' finishers. And at the beginning of the week, he's taking all the girls' finishers. <laughs> By the end of the week, they are doing Attitude Era, what's your favourite finisher, to James Ellsworth. It's fucking brilliant. You've got Charlotte giving him a rock bottom. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. And this is the point where... It's one of the, my favourite things that happened to me during the course of last year. Um... Finley turns to me and goes, come on, bu- come on, mate, let's do a running. What's your finish? And I'm like, ha! <laughs> <laughs> I want to do one now. But anytime someone apes someone else, it is genuinely amusing. Um, uh, so, like, my favourite reaction to anything that's happened in a progress ring this year is when everyone's giving Travis Banks shit about being Roman Reigns, and then he just turned into Roman Reigns. <laughs> Because my favourite reaction to that, um, and the promo that me and him put together for the end of that match, my favourite reaction to that was, it was a half and half reaction. It was a reaction from all the people who'd been booing him going, oh fuck, that's quite clever. (laughs) To all other people going, oh, come on! Which is one of my favourite reactions ever. Um, It's genuinely really cool. Um, But go on, good suggestions. Um, uh, Any other suggestions from the crowd for funniest promotion of all time? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> uh, if the mics didn't pick that up the company formerly known as Juggalo Championship Wrestling and, uh, even the name of that where they've gone hey guys I don't know if anyone's ever studied the word championship before <laughs> we can definitely get an extra swear in here um, I know there's a lot of wrestlers who love doing those shows I know Colt loves doing them um, and they are because we're British like I think the juggalo thing is something that's probably passed more of us by than has in America because it's much more of a cultural phenomenon here. Who in here? Because it is. It's like you know, like you can fill in Jedi on the on the uh, on the census. I did that. Um, you can fill in Jedi on the census here just to be a dick, right? And I'm fairly sure in America you could fill in juggalo as it's enough of a following. Who, anyone in here a juggalo? Raise your hand if you are a juggalo. Fucking yeah, you go. You see, there is someone. Right now, explain it to everyone in this room. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but it's like it's it's a it's a in America in particular. It's a proper. Th- have you ever been to like Bloody Mania or anything like that? No, not yet. No, not yet. That, that's like I'm fucking going. Um, I like the fact that there, Colt Cabana is Officer Colt Cabana, and for a long time was in a feud with a wrestler called Weed Man. Um, I mean, it's it's a story as old as time, isn't it? It's uh, it doesn't need a lot of explanation. It's pretty easy. Uh, yeah. you, well, that was a bit where I would have explained it, but you said they did explaining, so... Uh, no, good. Um, what, what do you think? Any other suggestions for funny promotions? I just, like DDT that you mentioned, I haven't watched much of it, but the clips, I've, you always just see the crazy clips. Mm. And one of their workers wrecked Jimmy Havoc's car, didn't he? Well, that was Kota Ibushi. Yeah, Ibushi, um, yeah. Who's... When you say one of their workers... 
Yeah, you uh, can tell you've been away from it for a bit. One of the most famous wrestlers in the world now. Yeah, he, he who's got a weird good. fetish for fireworks. Like, he's not just done it there. He's done it... Like, I mean, if you found that he was staying in a hotel and that hotel burnt down... Spectacularly. You'd look at the guest list and you'd go, let's just check, is there a K Ibushi or an M Balotelli on this list <laughs> who could have possibly burnt this hotel down? Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think... What I love is they wrecked his car. Is the I mean, but he's done tons of nut stuff. Like you, you'll see. Um, there's gifs of it all the time of him fucking moonsaulting into a quarry for no real reason. <laughs> My favourite bit about DDT is, of course, the Iron Man Championship, which has been held by loads of things. It's been held by a ladder. It's been held by a blow up doll on more than one occasion. It's been held at one point by the belt itself. <laughs> The Invisible Man. It's just brilliant. Um, Small dog. It, it's I, when I was doing when I was doing research for my book. There was a I, I was trying to research. I was researching about women's wrestling in Japan, and there's uh, I think it's uh, it might I've probably got the wrong name, but I think it's Kayoko Inoue who was the first female Japanese wrestler to hold a, a men's belt, which was the DDT Ironman belt, which I think she held for three minutes before she was beaten by a mop or something. It's like. <laughs> It's had 700 fucking champions. Like, it's, it's had more champions than I'm trying to think of a we've probably joke got one of them that. in the room tonight, haven't we? <laughs> There's at least. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, uh, my suggestion for this, I'll, I'll, um, I'll give you a suggestion in a second, Chris, but my suggestion for this is attack. Because... Um, <laughs> I keep saying to everyone who runs Attack, I'm like, I really want to come to the shows, and they keep inviting me to shows. And I was meant to be at the show the other week where Lycos was me. Uh, and I texted him while the show was going on and went, uh, all right, you cheeky fuck, are you being me? And he went, I'm doing you justice, honestly. And, I, and the first thing you hear when someone's doing an impression of you is, oh, God, I hope they don't hate me and they're not making this really awful. And then I saw it back and went, how, how, how is a 20-year-old tiny wolf more me than I am. <laughs> no fucking idea how he did it. Like, he does the hire, and I'm like, how? That's more me than me. Um, he, he nailed it. And is, I, I've never had more people at a show tweet me photos and videos going, ha look at this. And I'm like, that is, that's hilarious. But compared to the stuff that Attack have been doing for the last few years, it, it, it's nothing. Like, as a company, they're great. I was really pleased to see how well they did when they debuted in London uh, the other week um, uh, and how full it was and how, how great a show they had because uh, they're lovely fucking people and uh, it's great that people got behind them so good on them that was awesome. a great show I went to that show I'd done a gig in London and I went straight there afterwards yeah. and um, Jim Lee you know Jim yeah. from Attack I didn't realise he was ring announcing so I was calling him because I couldn't <laughs> get in the building <laughs> and then he went yeah, hold on mate I'll be with you in a minute and then when I actually come into the room, I realised, oh shit, I rung the ring announcer while he was in the ring, <laughs> ring announcer in a match. But yeah, no, so they are great lads. I've had to stop doing this, so I've got uh, an Apple Watch, and what I have to do on show days, and this is because of Gadge who sits in our front row, who, so I have this set up for alerts every time progress is mentioned on Twitter, or every time I'm mentioned on Twitter. And what happens on show days is my phone, my, my watch will keep going off and I think it's like John or someone with an urgent message and then it's just someone tweeting. And what people have realised now is they can just tweet me going, ha ha, you looked at your watch. So, 
I've had, to, I've had to just put it on airplane mode at all times while working now because otherwise it gets it gets daft. Of course, tomorrow it won't happen because we'll be in Wembley Arena where there is no mobile signal. So all the best. Um, for some reason, because more than 10 people in a room, no mobile signal. Um, good. Right. So we've done Funniest Wrestler, Funniest Promotion. Uh, now, I say we come up with Funniest Match of all time. The funniest wrestling match of all time. First one that pops into my head while you guys are all thinking. First one pops into my head. When you ran one of Colt's uh, funny wrestling video tours, um, I sat in on one of them with Davey Richards, which seemed an odd choice for a show about comedy. Um, he's a very serious man, Dave. He's a wonderful wrestler, but a serious, serious he's, man. He's lightened up now. He's taken the name Davey Minge, though. So <laughs> it's all worked out quite nicely. Um... And um, he's lovely. We, we, tried, we tried to book him for something last year um, involving, in, involving Trav um, while Trav was champion because he, he's one of the people who trained Trav. Uh, and he couldn't because he's qualified to become a paramedic, I think. So uh, good on him. Um, so, um, but when we were doing that show, um, there was a match that I think was from DDT. It might be from Big Japan, which was essentially two guys on their knees eating bread suspended from the ceiling in the ring. I've watched this footage on more than one occasion. I still have no idea what the footage is about. But someone somewhere put that match together. Do you remember what that match is about? Uh, I believe it was a clip from the Japanese film Ready to Rumble. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, I do remember. I'm fairly sure it was DDT or something along those lines. Um, And it looked like a Matthew Taylor Richards fever dream. Um, But it... That that was no. I've I don't I haven't any answers. <laughs> Does anyone know the footage? Just raise your hand if you actually know the footage I'm talking about. I'm have I died? Have you like, claimed it? Jim? You've taken it's me with definitely you. Definitely real. It's honestly, it's just some dudes eating bread in a, and they're gradually grabbing their bellies and going ah <laughs> as the more bread they eat. I'm not making it up. It's a fucking bread death match. Um, it's horrible. Like, I can't eat loads of... I'm not like, I'm not like Matt. I'm not going to claim it's going to end my life, right? But, but I can't eat a lot of bread. But that is... It's just they're gradually eating more and more of it. And they're not hitting each other with it. They're just eating bread. Go later on. Like, all you lot will go and watch it. Will watch it and then by the time this podcast goes up on Tuesday, you will report back on it, I am certain. Um, it's a real thing that happened. Right, I've given you guys time to think about it. Suggestions. Funniest match of all time. I will tell you this right now. Uh, the uh, Pat Patterson, Gerald Briscoe uh, <laughs> evening gown is not funny. It's just terrible. Um, <laughs> go. Um, it was Is that this week? At, the week at uh, Tuesday night grabs at the Frog and Bucket. Um, uh, so if you didn't hear, if the microphones didn't pick that up, uh, it was uh, Chief Deputy Dunn and. Uh, and I believe Junior Constable Mark Davis uh, <laughs> uh, uh, against uh, Kyle Fletcher and Chris Brooks, where someone's ear got cut off. Would this be correct? Spoilers. Um, uh, which is absolutely ludicrous. I will say, uh, on an anti-fun police uh, note, I will say the most I've ever laughed at a match. If you haven't seen it yet, <clears throat> it's from Progress in Frankfurt. <clears throat> and that's where... I came up with a silly idea during that match. So... Um, They put the match together and everyone was very tired and we said to them, you can do a fair bit of comedy. So on one side, you've got Santos, who is the funniest man in wrestling. Um, (laughs) Love him. 
Can't believe we didn't suggest him before. Love Santos, right? Santos, who is hilarious. Chief Deputy Dunn, who is hilarious, but plays a very good straight man to Santos's funny man. And then on the other side, you've got Chris Brooks, who's being vaguely funny, and Timothy Thatcher, who's the most serious man in the world. It's a recipe for joy. Now, there's at one point during the match, they pull out the anti-fun gun, which is not a real gun. It's their fingers as a gun. They point it... Uh, Brooks and Thatcher Brooks sells it as if to go whoa it's a fucking gun during this entire time Thatcher is going what the fuck are you doing (laughs) it's his fucking fingers the whole time I am laughing so hard and the best bit is it's in Germany and half the crowd are like this is really really funny half the crowd are going is this is this what progress is about (laughs) It's brilliant. It's a joyous thing. And then at the end, the end of the match, as we booked it, was I think I went up to them and went, I went to Santos. Um, I'm sorry, the end of the match we've booked is, is you trying desperately to avoid being slapped by Tim and then Tim slaps you to death. And he went, oh, okay. And I went, no, actually to death. Sell it like you've died. And he went, okay. So the end of the match is him holding him and just slapping him like four or five times. And him, while, while, while... While Chief Deputy Dunn, while he's slapping him, Chief Deputy Dunn is shouting, Leave him! He's already dead! <laughs> right, it's wonderful. He slaps him, and then he, he's out. He gets pinned at the end. I then hit the idea. I went into the ring and spoke to him and just went, just sell the... It's the match before the interval. I went, just sell for the whole interval. <laughs> like you're actually dead for the whole interval. And we did that. So he lay completely still in the ring for a 25-minute interval while fans gathered around the ring, thumbs-up poses, with a dead man behind them. All did thumbs-up poses, wonderful. They had a proper laugh, hilarious, right? So um, they all do this, uh, and then uh, we, uh, he comes around because everyone bangs on the ring, uh, and then we give him a shot of tequila, and he goes backstage completely fine. And it's the most fun... Like, we had fun in Germany. That was the best thing we did in Germany. <laughs> like, and it was comedy. It was a fucking great time. But that reminded me of that, talking, uh, uh, talking about that match from this week. Um, any other suggestions? Funniest match of all time? Oh, let's go there, because I've not asked you yet, my friend. Um, it's crazy on Santos. Uh, his debut with um, Damien Oh, good Lord, yes. He's... So I'll let you in a little secret. When people make their debut with us, and it's silly because we're just the re- we're just another wrestling company. Like we're not special. We're just another wrestling company. And when people make their debut with us, I think sometimes people build it up in their heads. So sometimes people's debut aren't. People always have fairly good debuts, but sometimes it's not the best you'll see of them because they're nervous or whatever, and they build it up more in their... It's like when I used to do the comedy store in London. I always used to build it up more in my head. It's just a club, but I used to build it up more in my head because I'd made it a big deal. And sometimes we get wrestlers come, and when they make the debut for us, they, they build it up a bit much, and they don't need to. Um, Santos is my favourite debut ever because uh, I didn't know he was going to talk, and he, he talked, and it was really, really funny. And afterwards, he, he was like, did I do okay? And I'm like, yeah. I was crying with laughter. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, so I, I, I definitely, uh, I'd take that on board, because he's, it, it, not only was it really funny, but he was, he was really nervous, because it was his debut as well. So, and that's a really cool suggestion. Yes, more matches. Yes. Oh, God. The longest match in the history of time. <laughs> Until Jimmy and Will, the longest match in the history of time. Yeah, Davis forgetting what team he was on was quite good fun. Um, that whole match, 
because I was stood at ringside for it, that whole match. There was a point where, we're 20 minutes in, we hadn't started the match. I was a little bit like, this is going to be a long fucking day. But it's kind of what unboxing's meant to be, isn't it? So, um, uh, good shout. I like it. Uh, let's go all the way at the back down there. Yes, you, man who turned around. Uh, the DDT Empty Arena Tokyo Dome match. Uh, give me a cheer if you've, heard, if you've heard of this or seen it. Right. Um, <laughs> it's niche. I'm not going to lie. Um, so here's the thing. There's, there's a lot of footage of Suzuki, who is an incredibly serious, terrifying, terrifying man, um, doing a lot of really stupid shit in the world of wrestling. Like, have you seen him uh, wrestle the Mecha Mummy, for example? There's gifts of this around. Just put in Suzuki Mecha Mummy. He, uh, he does a gotch-style pile driver in a river on a man dressed as a mechanised mummy and the mummy explodes. <laughs> because, again, that's sports entertainment in Japan. That's taking one front and, and pushing it to a massive, massive, massive extreme, which is, uh, which is exactly what happens. Uh, good shout. Let's take one more for... Let's take two more for Funny Match. Again, right to the very back. Shawn Michaels versus Rick Martel, 1992, no hitting in the face. Um, I was going to say, if you're going to pick a Shawn Michaels match, pick that one where he's wrestling Hulk Hogan and he just decides... <laughs> he just does that thing where he goes, do you know what, I've chilled out a lot and I'm not the old Shawn Michaels, but today, fuck it. <laughs> I'm going to be the old Shawn Michaels. Um, <laughs> that is a fun one. Um, and one more from, let's do you, my friend. There was a Raw in London with David Hasselhoff as the guest host. That's well judged. Well-known Londoner, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Very much an ambassador for our culture. Santino was the referee or lifeguard for this match and he choked on his whistle. Santino was lifeguard for this match and he choked on his whistle. To be saved by Hornswoggle. <laughs> to be does anyone remember did, this? Uh, did Glenn book that when he was pissed? <laughs> you were there. You, had, you raised your hand as if to go, not only do I remember this, but I'm ashamed that I have the memory of this. That is mental. That's properly mental. That is nuts. Um, your suggestions, chaps. Funniest ever matches. It can be ones that you're in. I mean, I'm going to point out to you that I believe once you were eliminated from a battle royal by a bag of crisps. Is this correct? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, was in a, I was in a working man's club and uh, I was on with an old, an old, old world of sport wrestler and uh, they work really lightly. Like you, they, you can hardly feel what they're doing. And at Hammerlock, we were always taught to like, like throw it in a little bit so it'd work a little bit stiff. And this guy was working so light, we'd come out of the ring, and I thought he'd hit me, but what had happened, a punter would throw a bag of cheese. (laughs) (laughs) So I took a bump. And and for a minute, everyone questioned the legitimacy of wrestling. (laughs) It was Golden Wonder, though. They're the wrong colour pack for cheese and onion, aren't they, as well? Oh. My, my favourite I was watching stuff the other day just going through like a YouTube wormhole and it was the uh, the weasel suit match from oh, yeah. WrestleFest 1988 you probably have known as some of you weren't even born but it was like Bobby Heenan versus the Ultimate Warrior loser wears a weasel suit and 
it was funny as a kid I remember watching it as a kid I was about six watching it and I, was, I just thought it was hilarious because Bobby Heenan ends up in a weasel suit but then as a worker watch it and you just see how stiff the Ultimate Warrior has been with Bobby <laughs> Heenan who is like an old man at the time <laughs> even and uh, just unnecessarily stiff with him all the way through and uh, yeah that's quite a funny one if you want to look that up on YouTube <laughs> and at Hammerlock as well we used to do Andre who was the promoter at Hammerlock he used to love doing a thing called a super fight and it was a way to get as many trainees on a show as he possibly could and basically it was a winner stays on match and as a rib normally to John Ryan who's worked mm. a progress show he would just send 15 trainees out for John to deal with <laughs> <laughs> like unannounced so John would think he had like three trainees to come and then another guy that he'd work a finish with but no Andre just <laughs> that's that's less of a match more of a crash, isn't it? That's get Ethan in the yeah, back of the like that tomorrow. Um, Chris, have you got a suggestion? Um yeah, the one the, the first match I remember genuinely being helpless with laughter at was at Ring of Honor in Liverpool, um when Colt Cabana fought Delirious. Um and Colt came out and it, it started as normal music, boom, boom, Colt Cabana, and then it went into Big Daddy's theme. Uh, easy, easy. And out he came, and he had Colt Daddy written on his belly. Because back then, it was, it was still, I think, during the, the, how do you say, the, the sort of teenage years of what the British wrestling scene is now. It yeah. was still very much going through its puberty. So the fact that he's like American... Uh, uh, what, <laughs> one day, keep believing, man. Um, it's... Um, so he came out and he loved British wrestling. It was fantastic. And he did. He had the little spangly top hat. He did a lap around ringside. You know, Big Daddy used to, in different times, take a child from the audience. Um, I'm assuming he gave him back as well. He didn't just uh, carry him off. This, Colt just picked a random fan out, put him on his shoulder, walked around. And then, and then the whole match after that was a, was a genuine comedy match that between the two of them that still felt like a fight, that still built to a finish at the end. And the crowd were involved. They play off the crowd. They improvised with each other. It, it, was, it was an absolute joy. It it's, might be on YouTube somewhere. I had it on DVD. So if you want to borrow it, I'm sure we can arrange some sort of <laughs> rotor. We can swap it around, pass it around. My, uh, back when I used to order tapes and DVDs from overseas, the one match that I watched once, which was on an Osaka Pro show, was Kikutaro against Ebersan. Um, so basically, Kikutaro, who is insane... And Ebersan, who was slightly more insane. Uh, and it's two, basically two masked clowns deconstructing wrestling to ruin it for everybody. <laughs> and it's wonderful. Um, we, nearly, we nearly got a Kikataro for something, I think, when we were in America once. And, and I think I was the one really pushing for it because I love him. Um, uh, but um, but it, it, I, I remember watching this match, and it's, but I'd not been exposed. Like now, you take for granted the fact that. You can watch people doing stuff in slow motion. You can watch people messing with the conventions of wrestling all the time. When I was watching this, I'd never seen anyone do this before. So I was like, why are they, why are they doing stuff in slow motion? Why are they not really hitting each other? It was, it was genuinely mind-blowing. I was like, this is, this is the future of professional wrestling right here. It's just dicking around and being silly. Um, final uh, thing I want us to come up with suggestions for is uh, the funniest storyline uh, in wrestling history. The funniest storyline in wrestling history can be intentionally or unintentionally uh, Katie Vick. So, <laughs> just 
thought that was good? <laughs> Wrong. Um, uh, so, um, so yeah. So ideas for uh, funniest ever storyline. Raise your hand if you have an idea. Go. I like him. I like this guy. <laughs> Thanks, Ethan. <laughs> well, that, the, the build-up with that was was just Damon Lee being very good at people getting people to chant chicken at him for three years. And my favourite part of that is, every, every, again, not wanting to pull the curtain of professional wrestling back too far, but we've just talked about slow-motion clowns, so fuck it. Um, <laughs> is that before every wrestling show, if, if you know what you're doing, you'll have a meeting and you will all make sure that you're not doing each other's stuff. So if someone's coming in new, you're not using their finisher or vice versa. You're not having the same finish five times in a row. Can I just say, that's in theory. In theory. <laughs> Go and watch every indie show ever. That doesn't fucking work. <laughs> not all destroyers are Canadian. But, um... <laughs> don't make me do Regionalize a Venn diagram. Regionalise it! Yeah. <laughs> Cornish destroyer. Uh, that's and where nice you, to see that's you, where you crimp the arms. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <clears throat> is, it, is it every time? It's like, so, so people going, Can I, this is my spot, this is it. Every single show for two years, backstage in the meeting, Damon Lee, the dad of professional wrestling in the Northwest, was going, right, everyone else, don't do the chicken thing. It's my thing. Don't do the chick as well. And he thought of so many different ways to get his hands stamped on, to get slapped in the back, to get his feet trodden on, to get kicked, punched, shoulder blocked, head butted, poked in the eyes, to make him move around the ring like a chicken. And you know what? Fight forever. Nice, cute chant. You know, both these guys, cute chant. Everything you'll ever hear. Nothing ever will fill me with joy like seeing a room full of kids screaming chicken at a policeman. <laughs> there is something spectacular about this. And it, and it built to a, a match with J.J. Webb, who's a special creature, um, where, where he, the loser wore a chicken suit. And it was the best... I, I wish I'd been there. I was over in America having a midlife crisis. So I was, I was over there being scared that people had guns. And, 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 that, and instead... So Damon came up with the, the idea of running away at the end of the chicken suit match. This is how much of a pro he is. He ran away, didn't put the chicken suit on. They forced him to come back for the interval in the chicken suit to have photos taken with fans in the chicken suit. Funny as fuck. Carny as fuck. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> Good work. Good work. Good suggestion. Other suggestions? Funniest ever storyline. Yes. Yeah, we got the winner. Um, Hands the, down. The, <laughs> the, uh, the winner there, in case the mic's still picking up, is the, uh, the May Young Mark Henry giving birth to a hand. I did that the wrong way around. It'd be much funnier if Mark Henry had given birth to the hand. Um, uh, that, I got interviewed by Mark Henry when I was in, uh, in America, when we were doing the, the American tour. And I was really, really sad because I'd done so... Me and Glenn were going to the, um, the Busted Open studio. And all the way there, I'm like... I keep going to Glenn. I'm like, mate, do you think I'm going to get my week split? Like, all the way there, <laughs> just constantly just doing the same thing. And then we realised that Mark wasn't in the studio with me and I've never been more disappointed. Lovely guy. And weirdly, for what we were talking about earlier on, brought up Les Kellett repeatedly in the interview. He kept bringing up the fact that he wants Jack Gallagher to be more like Les Kellett. <laughs> like, and I was just like, I already like Mark Henry because once he wore a salmon suit and shocked us all. And now, <laughs> now I'm even more 
of a fan of Mark Henry for that for that reason, and you know the hand as well. Um, <laughs> it's um, I like to think his son grown up is the giant hand from Takeshi's Castle. <laughs> when you run into the map, just um, watch some really old editions of quite a lot of the Takeshi, Takeshi Castle that's on now. The new one is from Thailand, but the original Takeshi's Castle, which was filmed in the seventies and eighties in Japan, has uh, wrestlers in it. So it occasionally has the big people who are normally painted are very often uh, New Japan or Old Japan wrestlers. So um, do look out for that. Uh, just a little, little fact. I forget who they are, but they're very sort of mid-card. But they were, they were wrestlers. Other suggestions? Funniest ever storyline? Yes, back there. Joey Ryan and the Druid penises. <laughs> Joey Ryan and the Druid penises. I'm going to let you into a little secret. This is something I revealed at my, uh, my book talk thing I did the other day in Birmingham. Um, Joey Ryan's on the front of my book um, so there's two wrestlers on the front of my book there is a luchador and there is, uh, there is a man being pinned by the luchador on the front and there is a man doing a big splash on the luchador on the back that's Joey Ryan right in 2002 because it's a stock photo now I found out about this because first of all uh, uh, Cassius Ono Chris Hero told me about it and went you know that's Joey Ryan I went is it and he went yeah I think so and that's how the conversation ended then when the book actually came out and I was tweeting about it Excalibur from PWG he DM'd me and went you know Joey Ryan's on the front of your book <laughs> and I went is it and he went yeah it's Joey Ryan from when he was my business partner and we started PWG <laughs> we needed the money so he did a stock photo shoot for Rolling Stone magazine who were doing a feature about I think Limp Biscuit having their music used in WWE or Kid Rock or something like that right and I went, really? And he went, yeah, hang on a minute. And I've never met Joey. So we have a group chat between me, Excalibur, and Joey Ryan, where Joey Ryan's telling me all this mad shit about the photo shoot that he did, <laughs> which was just insane. Um, uh, and, and this was, of course, when Joey Ryan was just Joey Ryan and wasn't known for his dick. So um, uh, just by cheering, who here thinks that Joey Ryan's whole penis stuff is too silly and has no place in wrestling cheer now? Thanks, Jim Cornette and everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is fine with it. I mean, don't get me wrong. If it was if it was main event in the Tokyo Dome, we'd probably feel a little bit differently about it. Um, uh, but you know, I, I, I'm kind of fine with it. Um, good suggestion, though. Uh, let's take two more. Uh, yes. Um, PWG again. Um, El Generico against uh, Chuck Taylor and Kenny Omega, where they just get stalking around, acting like a you know, like when they did like the gang wars in 1997 in WWE, and you had uh, Los Bariquas and you had uh, the Disciples of Apocalypse, uh, not Disciples of the Apocalypse. It's very important. It's Disciples of Apocalypse, uh, and you had the Original Nation, um, uh, and you had DX as well, I suppose to a point. Um, and you had all these gangs. Wouldn't those gang wars have been better if you had the Jets and the Sharks from West Side Story? <laughs> in that gang war and the warriors from the film from 39 years ago um, uh, and someone just using milk bottles and like wouldn't it have been better if you had those gangs that would have been loads better good suggestion I have one more one more yes because you're right there from Regal and Tajiri, um, as we know from doing shows with him, um, uh, are brilliant, 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 brilliant things because they fucking hated each other. Uh, <laughs> so it just makes it even funnier. Um, it's so funny. Um, I, um, 
I went to an NXT taping where Tajiri was at it. I think he'd been guest coaching Orlando for a bit, like a lot of the older wrestlers do. And, um, and uh, this was about a couple of weeks before Steve Carino did Tuesday Night Jaw. And so Steve Carino is one of my f- all-time favorite wrestlers. I love him. And, and I'm talking to Steve Carino, and he's like, he's, uh, we see Tajiri, and I go, you wrestled Tajiri, right? And he went, oh, yeah. And he re- repeatedly showed me scars that Tajiri had given him. <laughs> and I went, where, where are them from? And he went, um... He went, this one here at my temple is from when Tajiri kicked a table into my head full force and did not tell me he was doing it. And I went, really? And he went, yeah, let's get him to tell you the story. And Tajiri comes over to tell us the story. And Tajiri's entire telling of the story is Carino going, hey, Tajiri, do you remember when you kicked that table into my head? And Tajiri went, ha ha, very funny. <laughs> That was his whole story. <laughs> um, right, we shall wrap things up. Um, so, uh, Danny, plug some stuff now. You're a big-time, big-shot comedian. Um, plug your stuff, plug your social media and stuff for I've everybody. Got, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter if you want, at Danny Garnell, website, Danny Garnell Comedy. Um, just, we've done earlier today, uh, Never Mind the Wristlocks, which is a live panel show-based wrestling comedy quiz. Um, running that we've got our first one of that live in a comedy club in January next year that's on Twitter as well at NMT Wristlux I think yes it is but you'll find it yeah and uh, I'll, yeah check, check out my Twitter I've got all my gigs coming up on there I've, I've got loads coming up in October and next year I'm off to Singapore and Montreal wow. and Ireland and just point out, he's going Greenwich. to Just for Laughs in Montreal. I did stand up for 13 years. Did I get invited? Did I fuck? He's I, nailing it. I was come fucking with nailing it. I and was also, born in Montreal and they haven't invited <laughs> me. Also as well, um, uh, who, uh, who would you say openly encouraged you? Maybe he's sat at this table. Who would you say maybe openly encouraged you to do stand up? Chris. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and no, it's both, true. Go uh, fuck yourself. Honestly, like both of you did. Like me you always told me like you should. Try there's two this, people. There's two this. people in, in wrestling. I kept saying had to do comedy because they constantly made me laugh and were hilarious. Because um, people always do that thing when you do comedy. They think you like. When I worked in an office, people used to go, "Oh, I bet you were dead funny when you worked in an office." No, I was just odd and shy because I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm not a normal human. Um, I'm weird, right? That's that's how my brain works. And I didn't make people laugh. I wasn't the class joker at school. I was just quiet, right? And. Like, Danny uh, is the one person who's always made me laugh, and Trent's the other one, right? They're the two who I genuinely think should do comedy. Um, uh, And the fact that you've already... I think I was... The day you won So You Think You're Funny, I think we were still in America when you won So You Think You're Funny, and um, I was with Trent, and I was going, you see? This is why you need to fucking do it! You see? Um, uh, But, but yeah, you're nailing it. Getting to do Singapore. Um, Great fact about Singapore. Uh, Everyone knows the one law about Singapore, don't they? Chewing gum is illegal in Singapore. That's the one law that everyone tells you. The one law that people don't tell you is this. If you perform oral sex on somebody, you have to complete it. Real law. So I don't know what you're going over for, Danny, but all the best. Uh, and you, It's not like you can even have a piece of gum afterwards. <laughs> That's the worst part. Yes. Um, Christopher, plug your stuff. Um, I would like to plug the Twitter account of Ethan Allen. Um, <laughs> what is it, Ethan? You don't actually know. He don't know. know. <laughs> he doesn't know. 
God's sake. Talk, I've talked nothing. No, no. Let, he's looking it up. We should have an awkward silence for this. It's probably... Is it, I bet it's a really embarrassing one now, Ethan, isn't it? It's something like Ethan 316 DX for life. <laughs> you know? He doesn't... No, he didn't know who Road Warrior Animal was earlier on. Did you? He didn't know that's the Oh! You, okay. sir, can stop, give up, and <laughs> all the rest of it. Well, um, it's a tragedy, that, isn't it? Um, that's steps, mate. Steps. Steps. Oh, of course. <laughs> Andrew Garfield. Do I, look like, <laughs> do I look like someone who's ever enjoyed popular music? Yes. Um, <laughs> quietly. <laughs> so, uh, what's, your, uh, what's your Twitter, Ethan? Ethan Allen underscore YG. That's for young G, it's not... Uh, <laughs> It's for young guns with, a, with 17 Zs. Um, uh, he's dead good at wrestling, and he's a very enthusiastic uh, young man who will have a bright future ahead of him. Let's have a round of applause for Ethan, please. <laughs> what else do you want to plug? Um, yeah, don't. Uh, at the Brooker Man is my Twitter account. Uh, but uh, anyone travelled from the Northwest today? Yay! Anyone travelled from the Northwest but not been to Future Shock? Come along, sort it out. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> yeah. No. It was Scooby-Doo when he saw a ghost. Um, Yeah, sort that out. Come and see us. Um, yeah, obviously you do come and support this month's popular wrestling company as they play a big venue. Um, I'm assuming none of you will throw crisps at the wrestlers because you won't afford them um, at Wembley. <laughs> this cost me eight quid. I'm not throwing these. Um, yeah, come and check out Future Shot Wrestling. Give us a shot. We had, we have, we've got some amazing guys coming through like Ethan, and we've got some of the best talent in the world who, luckily enough, came through Future Shock and will still work for Peanuts. So come and see them. <laughs> um, <laughs> not now they won't. They'll have heard this, and they'll have added a zero. So uh, double figures all round, lads. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, I'm, I, am, I am very proud of the product we're putting out. Come and see it. Futureshockwrestling.co.uk at Futureshockress because apparently there was another Futureshock Wrestling which apparently has 18 followers now. So fuck those guys. Um, but yeah, come check us out. Uh, our next show is 20th September. Um, that's about it for me, really. October? No, no, no. 20th September because if we can talk about, you know, slow motion wrestling, if we can talk about battle royals with bread... Fuck you. Time travel is a thing. 20th of September. <laughs> wow. Uh, so obviously, uh, a round of applause for my two wonderful co-hosts today. Danny Garnell and Chris Brooker. My plugs. Uh, I'm going to do a podcast every week now after my weird summer off. So uh, jimsmorman.com slash TNJ is what you point people at. If you want to buy my book, jimsmorman.com slash book. If you want to come and watch Progress, progresswrestling.com. Wembley's tomorrow, so it's too late for that. So I'll probably plug something else. Just come to another show. Cheers. Uh, progresswrestling.com, demand-progress.com. Thank you very much. Uh, give yourselves a round of applause, lovely audience. Thanks for listening. We're part of the Distraction Pieces Network. Uh, let's all go away now. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.